There's always a task, whether if you're not working in your business, you're working on your business. There's always continued education opportunities. There's always ways that you can improve your business. But at the end of the day, I think it's, you know, scheduling your time, time blocking some time. No one's going to miss you for an hour at the end of the day. Take a time to go for a walk or to show up to one of your kids' sporting events. And I think it's tricky when you're new and everything's new and there's a lot of moving parts and you want to be there for everyone and be the best you can be and show up the best you can be for everyone. But you're right, stay-at-home mom, working mom, one's not better than the other. Welcome to She Empowers the Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Kayla Lucas. I'm a mom of two, a family-focused chiropractor, a trailblazing entrepreneur, and a holistic mindset queen. I am on a mission to empower women to lead themselves and their families to greater health and wellness in their personal lives and businesses. Each week, I'm sharing inspiring content that will give you the tools to navigate your own wellness journey grow your businesses, expand your mind, and take care of the ones you love. This is your space to feel supported, inspired, and empowered. Let's get into it. Okay, welcome back, beautiful, to another episode of She Empowers the Podcast. I'm so, so grateful and excited to share today's guest with you. I have a friend on the podcast today, but a woman who I've been personally inspired by. And before we were, you know, hitting record on the show, um, she had expressed that maybe she doesn't have the value to share. But this woman, I feel like is doing it very differently, finding her footing. We have Trish Regeer on the podcast today. Trish is a realtor in Saskatoon. She's my realtor for whenever I finally decide to buy my next home. And she was also a journeyman hairstylist for seven years before she stepped into the realtor space. She's also a mom of two. She was managing um, distribution of hair products and different things in the hair industry across Canada. And I would just love to unpack all things that are realtor, all things that are mom life with her. And you guys just get to absorb an amazing conversation today. So welcome, Trish. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. (laughs) I'm absolutely so stunned by what you're doing. I definitely see you. I definitely see how hard you're working for your family and your kiddos and your life. But I would just love for you to share for people who have never heard of you, who you are, what you're doing, and just a snapshot of of where you're at in your life. Sounds lovely. I'm an open book. so (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) So... I think you kind of covered a lot of the basis. I am a mom of two littles. I have a six-year-old, almost seven-year-old daughter and a four-year-old son. I made a pretty big career change, I guess, after having two kids and in my 30s. So I feel like that's always a big leap when you're shifting gears and transitioning and, you know, pivoting. But I mean, all we all can do is one foot in front of the other and I'm married to my high school sweetheart. Uh, we'll be married 13 years uh, this June. Ah! So that's funny. And I'm born and raised in Saskatoon. We left for a very, very quick moment and came back. All our family is here. And so this is the place we've chose to set down roots. And uh, my husband owns a business here. And I, I guess my knowledge of the market as far as real estate is concerned, is pretty good considering I grew up here. So I think we're here for good. (laughs) 
That's awesome. Yeah, I know you and your husband, you're kind of both in the entrepreneurial space and, and running life. So what made you want to make the switch from, you know, your maternity leaves and having two kids into real estate from being a journeyman hairstylist? Well, that's a great question. Um, hairstyling kind of came, I'm a very, I would say I'm a very creative person. Um, I went to university right out of high school. I think we were 17 when we started the university turning 18. And I really uh, wanted to be a social worker, actually. And after a bit of time, I kind of came to, uh, within that first year of university, I understood I needed more life experience um, in order to move into that, in my personal opinion, to move into that space. So my find myself year, I decided to uh, get my cosmetology um, just so that I had a useful I guess a useful thing that I could move forward, whether I chose to, that wasn't the long-term plan to do hair, uh, but it was just, who doesn't want to have a useful side hustle, maybe even. Yeah. I ended up hanging out in the hair industry space a little bit longer than I thought. I was behind the chair for three years, and then we moved to Edmonton for my husband's job after he convocated uh, university. And once we made that move, I decided when we moved back to Saskatoon, I ended up finding a wonderful space at a salon product distribution company in Saskatoon and kind of worked on the more corporate side of the hair industry. So my time behind the chair as a journeyman stylist was very short-lived, but I did truly, I do still truly love that industry and that space. And then once I had my kiddos, there's, I mean, I spent about seven years at that company and did some awesome things. It was a very fun job. Um, but after having my kiddos, I think most entrepreneurs have the same mindset that we're looking to be in charge of our own schedules, perhaps. And that became even more so apparent and important as a mom of two tiny humans. Um, so after kind of a lot of thought and putting together everything that I loved, uh, I, that's kind of what shifted me into the real estate industry, being a realtor. I find your style to be very unique. And I've only, you know, dealt with realtors a handful of times, but I have to say that your transition into the realtor space, having no real like experience with it, I have to say that you're very unique in the way that you give your clients your time. And I wanted you to kind of shed a little bit of light on that because I think that a lot of the time people either have like a real good taste about realtors or not so good taste about realtors, but you're very boutique style. So where did that come from and why did you want to sort of build your brand and your business in that way? Regardless of what I've done, the common denominator and everything I've chosen to do in my life is very much people focused. Obviously being a hairstylist, very unique in its own way, but again, very people focused and helping people. And that's always been, even from when I wanted to be a social worker to hair, to, you know, working alongside people, um, in my job at the hair product distribution company it was always about people first. And I think even to this day, that's kind of my approach. It's always trying to make people feel as comfortable as they can. It's a huge decision and. I guess maybe my approach is a little less analytical and a little bit more heart forward. And I think everybody, the real estate industry is interesting in the fact that lots of people come from varying backgrounds and we all bring something very unique and different to the table. 
And I'm just, as a mom of two, I have that experience now. And I guess that's a pro starting a little bit, maybe later in life or in my thirties, I have life experience. Um, I understand what it's like to have tiny humans and what that means um, for a lifestyle and what you're looking for. So I think that's kind of the goal or my, as you call it, boutique approach is just, you know, people always come first and creating long lasting relationships in that way. My goal is to have a referral based business. I want to work with people who resonate and we, we complement one another because I think that's the best way is creating, creating that relationship. And I think by doing so, you're making that experience as stress free as possible and giving people guided actionable steps throughout the process. So there's no feeling of scrambling or, uh, you know, feeling like they don't know what the next step is and just kind of leaving people hanging, whether that be on the buy side or the sell side, just being, you know, using my caring nature, I guess, and focusing on each individual um, families or person's individual's needs. And I, maybe that speaks to the more boutique side, I guess. It's more about, you know, not volume, but being able to truly devote my time and energy supporting my clients and being able to hopefully down the road, help them again or support them again. At the end of the day, we love the idea of we buy one home, we'll stay there forever. But more often than not, our lives change and more often than not, our homes need to change with those times. So whether that be helping them again or helping their loved ones again, that's kind of my my goal and my approach and hoping that when people don't have to work with me and they find their home and they've uh, settled in that whether they choose to move again and want to work with me or they can refer me to their family and friends and feel that they were well taken care of. That's, that's the goal, I guess. Yeah. And I think you're doing an incredible job at that. Even just with my own experience, you've shed so much information and insight on the realtor industry, on the housing market, on how the purchase or the sell actually should feel and not from a rushed place. Like you said, like the quality over the quantity, I think it's very much the vibe that I've gotten from you. So are you coming up on your two year anniversary as a realtor? I started in the fall of 2021. That's when I was licensed. So yeah, I guess. Okay, so you've, you've been in like the realtor industry inside of the pandemic. And I'm sure you've seen quite a bit of changes and different things going on in the realtor market. And I just kind of wanted to touch on a little bit on the industry, even in Canada, you know, what do you want your clients to know about the market? What can people do to proactively educate themselves during this time where the market is kind of intense? I know that we've, we've talked about this on a personal note, but I just, yeah, I want you to kind of let our listeners know what that market looks like, Trish. It's definitely a very fast paced market. Pretty much since I entered into the real estate uh, industry, we've been pretty low on inventory, um, which would be housing inventory for Saskatoon and surrounding areas. So that's always proved to be a little bit of, an, of a challenge. You don't have as much time as a buyer to make decisions. So I, I would say the best foot forward for working in a market with, this con- with these types of conditions is like you had mentioned, educating yourself, and finding somebody you can work alongside that will help educate you, make you feel comfortable. Because at the end of the day, as a realtor, my job isn't to tell you what to buy, it's to provide you with the information 
as best I can so that you can make educated decisions that you're comfortable with moving forward and how that can affect your life. Um, so I would definitely say just educating yourself, whether you're buying or selling. Um, it's never too soon to talk to industry professionals, whether that be a, a mortgage broker, a mortgage specialist, whether that be reaching out to a realtor so that you can best prepare. Because I think it's just with this fast paced market, it's really good to do step, actionable steps prior to whether that be listing your home, whether that be selling your home, because quite often people are like, they'll, they'll call sign, like sign call, or they'll call like the listing agent because they'll see a house and they're like, Oh, this is a nice house. At the end of the day, you're, you're behind already just by doing those types of things. So find somebody who can work with you, who can work with your best interests in mind and prepare you in the best way possible so that when you do find that perfect home, you're able to act upon it. When you're ready to sell, it's just not a matter of listing it the next, next week. It's, preparation and time in order to bring your home to market looking its best. So that would be my, my advice on that. Just, just prepare and do your best to find a team of professionals to work alongside you so that you know that you are making the best like decisions for yourself, for your family, and that you can feel comfortable because it is a fast paced market and it can become very overwhelming if you miss having that additional guidance or information. Yeah, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. Like it is very fast paced. And I'm, I'm sure that even like in your own industry, like there's no real way to know when it's going to slow or when it's going to stabilize and when interest rates are going to go down. Cause I know a lot of people have rising concerns about that. Interest rates are funny. I feel like with most media related things, things are sensationalized or I want to say blown out of proportion, but it becomes, you know, Saskatchewan is unique to other markets. Obviously, every every city is unique to its, even within the same province, every city is unique and their market is unique. Um, obviously, we see similar trends across the country, but in the grand scheme of things, a lot of our media comes from the Toronto and surrounding area or Vancouver and surrounding area. And does that that information doesn't necessarily 100% translate to our market, but that's the media voice that we're hearing as consumers, whether that be real estate or otherwise. I think that kind of lends to reaching out to a local professional that can give you information about this market. We still are seeing historically low interest rates. It's just not as low as it once was. So that also is just speaking with a mortgage professional because some people think you need X amount down. Like everybody's financial situation is very unique. Everybody's long-term goals are very unique. So I think it's just working with people that can prepare you or give you the information that you need to make the best next step. So it's always scary. You know, you hear these like buzzwords like recession and, you know, market crash and, you know, all these, and it's, they're scary words. They're, overwhelming and it kind of, I think, creates this hesitation to move forward. But I think that kind of educating yourself about the market that you currently live in and how that affects you and how that affects how your finances are unique to everybody else's. And I, I think at the end of the day, it might not be as scary as what we're hearing. Yeah, I think the media has a way of, like you said, blowing things out of proportion and and making it feel impossible to to move or to make a change. And I know that 
you know, even some of my family members and some of my friends, they're, they like realtors, but many people are like, well, I'm just going to not hire a realtor to save, you know, money. But what are the main benefits of hiring a realtor versus going in a privatized position, especially now? Well, for sure, the MLS or the more people that see your home for sale, the better chance that you like the more buyers that come to you, the better chance of you getting the best possible price. There's a lot of, believe it or not, my life is not all selling sunset. So, you know, I know, shocking, but you know, it seems very glamorous and, you know, I just drive around and open doors for people. But at the end of the day, that's a very small portion of what I do. There's a lot of paperwork involved. There's a lot of negotiation involved. There's the benefit of having a realtor pass you or give you information on like really good tradespeople or home inspectors or mortgage professionals. It's not just one person. It's a team of individuals that truly have your best interests at heart. And you maybe, yeah, maybe you do save on the realtor fees, but maybe you don't end up getting the most value out of your home or you might not negotiate the best terms. There's a lot of things that you might end up missing because at the end of the day, that's what we do every day, day in, day out. Our our job is to be knowledgeable about the market. Our job is to know about upcoming options for you, to set you up on a system that you get listings as soon as they hit the market. There's so many different ways that it can be beneficial to you. And at the end of the day, for a buyer, it's free to use a real estate agent. So, I mean, the investment's pretty small for you as someone looking to purchase, as in nothing. And with selling, I think there's a lot of different ways that a realtor can help you promote and market your home because that is their job to do so, to give you information as to what you should list your home for, to present it the best way to the market. And uh, at the end of the day, to cover the negotiation side, the paperwork side, and I mean, make it as smooth as possible. Because at the end of the day, as much as we love to think we don't, we see our home through rose-colored glasses a little bit. So, you know, you'll see so-and-so's house is listed down the road for X amount. Well, what it's listed for doesn't necessarily mean that that's what the market is saying that it's for. So little things like that. And just, you know, having an outside perspective of like, you know, if you painted your house or freshened up, or these are different ways that we could stage your home because the way you live in your home versus the way you stage your home to sell it, very different, very different ways to approach it because we're depersonalized, we're decluttering. And sometimes we don't see our things as clutter. Does that make any sense? Oh, yeah. Personal effects. It's really hard to look at your valuables and your things as clutter. However, those things aren't valuable potentially to, we're telling a story when we list your home of what living in your home can be like for the potential buyer. Whereas when you live in your home, you're telling your own story and you're, you know, so it's a very different approach. And at the end of the day, that's just, just marketing, right? Yeah. I mean, I love that. Like you said, it's, it's telling a story. And I think one thing that I've recently learned about you that you do in regards to listing homes and getting them to sell quickly is you do that staging part of it. And maybe many realtors do, I'm not sure, but why is the staging such an important part of how you sell homes? Well, 
this is part of the reason I ended up being a realtor is I, I love home decor. Like by no stretch of the imagination am I a designer. However, I mean, my favorite, one of my favorite pastimes is perusing through home sense. Much <laughs> my husband's dismay. Um, <laughs> but it's a hobby. Okay. But, um, I, it can really change the way a room looks, whether that be, you know, changing the scale of your furniture. Who doesn't love a lazy boy couch? Absolutely. It's comfortable. It's perfect, like cozy for the family to watch movies, whatever it may be, but it may not make your home look as big as it actually is. Or that king size bed that you love so much might be a little tight for your room. And by leaving it there while showing your home, all it says to people is like this, this primary bedroom maybe is a bit small. So again, just kind of speaking to presenting your home to the market, looking its absolute best and telling a story and making sure the scale is right in your home, making sure that it speaks to the widest variety of individuals coming to look at it. You might love lime green. That's wonderful. If you're living in your home, lime green, if that speaks to you and that brings you joy, love that for you. But I would say a vast majority of individuals coming to look at your home might not love lime green quite as much as you. So, you know, stuff like that. I think it just makes your home look bigger, brighter, more appealing, more appealing to a wider group of people coming to look at it at the end of the day. So that is why it's important. Yeah, such good, such good tips. And I would never have thought of it, like even prior to meeting you of, of the staging part of it. I kind of want to switch gears, Trish, because I know that at the beginning of the episode, we talked about you being a mom mm. and a lot of the realtor lifestyle from what I've gathered is evening work, weekend work when people are off work themselves. So how are you, how are you managing all of this on top of motherhood to littles? I know your kids are in a lot of activities. You said your husband's an entrepreneur. What are the big challenges you faced as a working mom? Mom guilt, I would say probably is the biggest thing I struggle with. And as much as we start our entrepreneurial journey with the intention of creating more time and more space for the things that we really love, sometimes it's very difficult to, to do that and to show up as the best person you can for your clients, for your family, for your children, for your friends. But I think support would probably be the most important thing that I've found, whether that be support through my husband and he's a wonderful support system. I'm lucky enough to have my in-laws and my family, my mom and dad, very close that are very supportive of both, both my husband, and my careers. And I mean, it's good for the kiddos to be spend grandma, like Grammy and Papa time. So that's awesome. And I've been lucky enough to connect with a wonderful woman who's been in the real estate industry for uh, quite some time. And I have that additional guidance and support on the work front and creating systems to make things go as smoothly as I can. So whether that be having somebody come and clean my house two, two times a month, that frees up potentially an entire Sunday that I can go spend with my family instead. And then, I mean, balance is another little buzzword that everyone tries to find. Um, but there's seasons, right? 
Some seasons are very busy. Some seasons aren't. I think the real estate industry is unique, not necessarily unique, but definitely has seasons that are extremely busy and that are a little bit more quiet. So just taking those moments where you really can and making date night work if you can. You know, what is that? That That (laughs) is a great question. I mean, just finding support and being kind and understanding that, you know, we're only human and, you know, taking the best steps we can to show up the best way we can, whether that be taking care of ourselves, whether that be, you know, showing. Yeah, I don't know. It's I think it's like actually having conversations like this that normalize the working mom mentality because it the stay-at-home mom versus the working mom it's not better than it's just different then but i think like did you have the mom guilt in the same way when you were a journeyman hairstylist working in corporate that you do today as a realtor or are they different that's a great question my kiddos were i i never did actually after Sawyer, my son was born, I didn't, I became a realtor after the fact. So I didn't, I was never a working mom in this industry as a realtor with two children, but it was different within reason because as an entrepreneur, there's always something to do. Yeah. Work 24 hours a day if you really wanted, or you could, there's no reason, there's always something to do. There's always a task, but if you're not working in your business, you're working on your business. There's always continued education opportunities. There's always ways that you can improve your business. But at the end of the day, I think it's, you know, scheduling your time, time blocking some time. No one's going to miss you for an hour at the end of the day. Take a time to go for a walk or to show up to one of your kids' sporting events. And I think it's tricky when you're new and everything's new and there's a lot of moving parts and you want to be there for everyone and be the best you can be and show up the best you can be for everyone. But you're right. Stay at home mom, working mom. One's not better than the other. Everything has challenges. And I think as moms across the board support and having these conversations and we all have mom guilt. We all, I think, struggle to find time to, you know, show up as a, as a partner, when the kids and work, all these things, you know, come first in a weird way. But I think knowing that we're not in it alone, <laughs> knowing that we all struggle with these things and knowing that we're all showing up and doing our absolute best. And some days we show up better than other days, but we're all just works in progress. Right. And, you know, again, I guess that goes back to the support piece. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it does take Ever. a village. It, it takes, takes a village. village. Sure. There's no there's no other way to raise a family and follow your passions. And I, I think that mom guilt also like comes from a skewed perception of the type of mother you should be or the acceptable kind of mother you can be. And I mean, as I was growing up, my mom stayed home with us. I think she went back to work when I was like 12. So she had seen us through our little years. But then on the set, on the second side of that, we never seen our dad. So there's this imbalance, like you said, we're kind of looking for this buzzword of balance, which I don't truthfully believe in because 
when you are holding space as the nurturer of your family on top of holding space for the entrepreneur side of your life, there's going to be some pressure that feels a little bit insurmountable, like you said, the seasons of life. And no, we're not alone, but I think it still comes in waves for me. Like, I, I don't feel like I have it figured out. I don't feel like I'm being an exceptional mom and an exceptional leader over here at the same time. Most of the time, I feel like there's fires to put out and it's chaotic and the kids are, you know, they have high needs because they're so little, but it takes a lot of time and effort to build them and also build your business to some level of success. Like you said, you want to be a referral practice and you have some of these aspirations that you're working towards and it's not so glamorous as it's made out to be. Glamorous is definitely not the word I would use for sure. (laughs) And I think that I have to, when I was like starting my business, I thought it would be different than it is. But have you found that too? Like you have this idea, you go all in and then it's like, well, it's not what I anticipated. Oh, for sure. And I think that's always changing, right? At the end of the day, because our families change and the demands on us change and, you know, we change. So just when you think you have it figured out, something changes, right? I don't have anything figured out. No, that's a joke. Nobody has anything figured out. And I think that's the reality of it. We have to understand that nobody truly has it figured out. And we're our biggest critics. We're the hardest on ourselves. But, you know, I always tell myself, like, my kids see me working hard. They know that I'm doing it for them. They get to spend, when I'm not able to be there, they get to spend time with their grandparents. Mm -hmm. My husband and I are partners and we (laughs) co-parent and you know, if I can't be at something, you know, we support one another as best we can. And mom and dad, one of us is always there if both of us can't be there. And, you know, they get to experience going to daycare and they get to experience my daughter's in grade one this year. So that was a change and a shift from like some days she's like, mom, I don't have school today. And we're like, yeah, right. You do. And nope, she doesn't. <laughs> like, good. This is very different than daycare. So, you know, it's just, we're always learning. We're always shifting. And I mean, that's why balance is funny because I don't, if anybody actually finds out how to maintain balance, I'd love to hear it. But yeah, send them my way. I want to interview them. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'll, I'll listen into that all day. Um, but I mean, I feel like the hustle is glamorized and that was definitely the hustle culture. And that's, I mean, you got to work hard. I feel like, especially when you're an entrepreneur, things aren't, you don't start this to have things handed to you. You know that you have to put in the time. And luckily my husband started his entrepreneurial journey along, like long before I did. So, you know, he, I think over time, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that over time, you know, the learning curve isn't as steep. You have, you have actionable business plans and strategies set in place. So there's, there's some more cultivated systems that, you know, become a little bit more foolproof um, because of time and experience. And, you know, kids get older, they also become a little bit more independent. You don't want to miss out on their right. littleness today, right? So, I mean, giving yourself grace, finding support systems and understanding that, you know, 
as much as sometimes we you see social media and we feel like these people have it together and which is you know if they do amazing but you know knowing that it's okay if one day we don't some days we're crushing it the next day we're like not so much but that's okay and kind of giving ourselves grace and knowing that you know we're just all doing our best well and i think social media has a nuance for being a place where you can grow a business and you can network and you can make connections but you can also fall into that comparison trap pretty quickly even without realizing it and i i mean my best advice people is like follow people that only inspire you that don't make you feel like garbage about yourself because it's an energetic leak that you can protect and know that if you had to ask yourself the question like is me working is me pursuing this thing going to mess my kids up like i hope your answer is actually no because they do see you working and they do see you making just maybe a different a different way of of being and doing things and i think it's gonna have some kind of positive impact and that's what i choose to like tell myself every day. It's like, I can't be here for this, but I get to provide this. And that actually feels really, really good. So I do have one last question or maybe two last questions, but I ask all my guests because I really just want to know that entrepreneurial side of our, of our mental brains that is always ongoing. What's next for you? Like, do you have any, any aspirations, any plans for your business, anything that you're wanting to achieve, aspire to, or make happen because you've been uh you've been top seller month here month there and like i i've just been watching you trish and i i love what you're doing and the impact you're making on the community and the relationships you're cultivating oh, what's next you know i feel like for me just continuing to build relationships improving how i do things and everything every day is a learning experience and every they always say every deal is the same, but different. So, you know, just taking, taking the things that I learned from working with each different set of clients or, you know, and taking that and improving myself, like as, as an individual, myself as a mom, myself as a, as an entrepreneur and, you know, continuing to build relationships with everyone, whether that be clients, whether that be, you know, I think, Saskatoon is a small place and there's always five degrees of separation from everyone. <laughs> you know, that's my favorite part of my job is that I get to, to meet awesome people, whether that be other realtors, whether that be clients. I get to work in a wonderful space at the brokerage that I'm at that, you know, is filled with very knowledgeable industry professionals that, you know, are always willing to give their tidbits of knowledge, which I am so thankful for. So, you know, just, I guess, next steps would be just continuing to grow my business that in a way that speaks the most authentically to myself so that I can show up, not just as a better realtor, but also as a better mom, as a better partner, as a better friend. And I mean, that's all we can do is just be better than we were the day before. And I mean, it's always nice to get accolades or, you know, to get those types of acknowledgements. But at the end of the day, it's really just if I can help people, that's honestly what brings me the biggest joy. And, you know, when I'm happy, I come home and my family's happy because, and you know, and I think that's what you're saying about 
speaking to you, you know, going to work that that brings you joy and that brings you a sense of purpose. And I think it's just all about us finding what makes us the best or happiest versions of ourselves. Because even if we're not physically present at different things, when we are showing up, we are showing up as the happiest, like most fulfilled versions of ourselves. So yeah. Which is just tenfold so valuable for every single person that is connected with you, whether it's your family, your friends, your clients, coworkers, it speaks volumes when you're in alignment with who you are, what you want to do, what you want to achieve, how you want to impact people, how you want to build community, how you want to build your said, you know, desire or passion. You're like magnetized for good to come to you. And your smile is so contagious on this virtual screen of ours. So I love everything that you're saying. Do you have any last words of wisdom for working moms, either in your industry or other industries or anything that you want to share along your journey that you think listeners might resonate with? I think the words of wisdom, whether it be wisdom or not, is just, you know, being, giving yourself grace, being kind to yourself and knowing that you got it. You got this. And we're always going to be the hardest on ourselves. But, you know, at the end of the day, all we can do is to show up and try our very best and grace, just be kind, find space for yourself, for the things that you love. And, you know, some days are hard. Some days take the wins and celebrate them, whether they be big or small. And the days that we're having a rough day, I have to tell this to myself all the time, like we can't be winners every day. And sometimes all we see is people winning and, or, you know, that feeling of everybody else is succeeding and where am I not, you know, we're hard on ourselves, but you show up for yourself as best you can for your loved ones as best you can and take the wins and celebrate them. And the days that we don't feel like winners, you know, take that in stride and know that learn from our mistakes. And know that tomorrow's a new day. Shake it off as best you can. Have a pity party if you need. Shake it off and reassess and move on. Because, you know, we have to we have to be our own biggest cheerleaders, I think. I find sometimes I, you know, it's always nice to have that support and people around you cheering you on. But deep down, we need to know that we got this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, push the mom guilt aside. Push the you know, all those things aside as best we can and try, just try our best to show up. And every day is a learning experience, I guess. Right. So, yeah. And I think, I think grace just needs to be replaced for, from mom guilt. It needs to be replaced from the word balance. Like grace is a way easier energy to live in than is those other aspects that will come in no doubt about it like they will happen they're go you're going to feel negative emotions sometime but when you like you said can rely wholeheartedly on how you feel about yourself and how you show up for yourself it it really pays off volumes well i've absolutely loved the conversation today trish if you guys would like to connect with trish all of her information is going to be in the show notes she can fulfill all of your realtor needs and we would love to hear your feedback by leaving a five-star review of the show. So thank you so much for being here today, Trish. Thanks for having me. I had a, a lot of fun. It's so fun. So, so fun. fun. So fun. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, beautiful people, go make it a great week and we will catch you next week on the pod. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening the whole way through on She Empowers the Podcast. Make sure to subscribe anywhere you are listening to podcasts. And if you happen to have iTunes, would you do me a favor and leave a five-star review of the show so more women can learn about what we are doing over here. You can also copy this link and share it on your social media and tag me at sheempowers.co. That is the way we get these beautiful messages out to more and more souls around the world. Thank you so much for being a part of the She Empowers community. Until next time, go lead with love and joy.